0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us in yet another Overcast Day here in the Capitol. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Christina Thacker-Rankin, Principal Consultant of 1710 Gaming. 1710 Gaming is a company who work with the gambling sector's largest operators and regulators. Christina, hello. Hello. Thank you for coming on the show today. We might as well get stuck straight in. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Uh, well, firstly, thank you very much for having me. I think the word leader for me actually shifts dependent upon the context. For instance, if you have a crisis situation, the kind of leader you would want managing that might be very different to one in, say, a peacetime situation. Mm. That notwithstanding, however, I think there are possibly three things which, for me, run concurrent through, I, I guess, the DNA of a leader, irrespective of the situation. I think, firstly, they give direction. Whatever the situation, there is an end in sight which everybody is moving towards. I think, secondly, a leader will take responsibility, but they will give credit. Mm-hmm. And finally, and possibly the one that's the most important for me, a leader is able to identify and help realize potential in individuals and teams, which even those individuals and teams don't actually realize they have themselves.
0: And how would you describe your personal leadership style?
1: I would like to say it's adaptable. I'd like to think that it's driven very much by understanding the needs of the individuals within the teams that I work with, but also very much based upon respect and trust. I think if your teams and the people you're working with don't have respect and trust for you, both of which I think are very much earned rather than driven by titles, then that's that's half the war lost almost. Mm.
0: So it's important to foster a firm but collaborative workspace.
1: Absolutely. And I think you not only lead from the front, you actually also lead from behind.
0: Now, let's go back to when you were first starting out your career. Was there a particular influence on you that formed the way that you lead today?
1: Well, I I was very fortunate in that I literally started at the bottom and worked my way up. And I think possibly the thing that kind of resonated and made the biggest impact on me was how not to lead people as opposed to Mm -hmm. how to lead people. I think if you can understand the negative side of things, it's much easier to kind of navigate and identify the positives that that perhaps work to your natural style. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Now, in life, what sort of leaders inspire you?
1: I think quite often the unspoken heroes mm-hmm. it it's you know if, if you look at kind of politicians, you look at people who are kind of stand out heroes who who people kind of reference, whether it be within a political a business or even increasingly in a social um, context, you have the people who are the kind of figureheads but quite often, the actual driving forces sit behind them. So I think for me, it tends to be the people who kind of get their their hands dirty, delve in and work with the teams very much at the coalface, for lack of a, a better uh,
0: analogy. So more of a uh, football team captain rather than uh, a team manager.
1: Absolutely. I think that's a great analogy.
0: Every day, um, there are new people entering the workforce, whether they be young people who are leaving secondary school or uh, people returning to work after a career break. What is your advice uh, to them for success in the workplace?
1: I would say, firstly, look for something you enjoy doing. We all spend a huge amount of our lives at work. It's a long time to spend doing something you don't enjoy. So the first thing is find something you enjoy. And if you're in in a situation where actually you're not enjoying it, change. Secondly, be yourself. When you try to be something you're not, it's so much harder to get through the day. It's so much harder to enjoy what you're doing. Thirdly, take opportunities. You have an opportunity to learn, whether it's a new skill, New you experience, take it. I think when you look at most of the leaders in the world who a lot of people would say are inspirational, what they do is they open themselves up to experiences. But I think the final piece of advice I would give is don't be afraid to fail. A lot of people see failure as a, as a hugely negative experience, but actually a failure is also an opportunity to learn. And when we look at some of the most successful people in the world, they have as many failures to their name as they do success. Don't be scared to fail. Jump in there.
0: And of course, learning comes with experience. Uh, Now you have uh, a lot of experience in your field. But if you could speak to yourself a decade ago, what leadership qualities would you tell yourself to embrace? And which ones would you tell uh, yourself to throw by the wayside?
1: I think it's easier to start with the one I would throw by the wayside. Um, the first one would be, don't jump in. Think before you speak. Mm-hmm. I see so many situations made a hundred times plus by a reaction which is driven by emotion and lack of thought. So if I was kind of looking back and speaking to my 20, 30, 40-year-old self, I would say, think before you speak. In terms of leadership, there is one thing I've done consistently throughout the years and I continue to do. Always put yourself in the other person's shoes. doesn't matter what level they're at in the company. If they're on the payroll, they are there for a reason. So put yourself in their shoes, respect what they do. And when you interact with them, you do it on a basis of mutual respect an appreciation that each of you has a role and a task within that organisation.
0: Now, respect is so key uh, for a harmonious workplace. What do you think we could do uh, to increase the levels of mutual respect?
1: I think that the first thing is is to think before you speak. I I see so many people upset unnecessarily feeling devalued or entirely not valued, as it is of the interaction they have with somebody. Think, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and always, always interact with somebody the way you would want them to interact with you. Mm. It's entirely possible to disagree and have robust discussions without being rude, without being abusive and without making the other person feel like what they have to say doesn't matter.
0: Now unfortunately our time together is very quickly drawing to its close but before I let you go what does the next 12 months have in store for 1710 Gaming?
1: I think the next 12 months is is working towards um, a a kind of organisation and indeed an industry which is a lot more diverse and inclusive. Mm -hmm. So one of the things 1710 is involved with is something called the All in Diversity Project that working with the British Standards Institute to develop the world's first code of practice for the workplace, promoting diversity, equality, and inclusion. All of it, of course, goes back to what we've been talking about, which is based upon respect, trust.
0: Well, Christina, it's been an absolute pleasure discussing leadership with you, and I'd very much like to have you back on the program again at some point in the near future. Christina, thank you.
1: You're very welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: That was Christina Thacker-Rankin, Principal Consultant of 1710 Gaming. And now, if you haven't heard it before, it's Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Jeff Hurst.
2: Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Jeff Hurst. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on today.
3: uh, You're uh, welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh,
2: And perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it, and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times,
3: Many many years ago, nineteen sixty-two, I think that was. So I didn't. And, um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it. At the time. It was lucky to be playing, <laughs> I guess. One or two injuries, um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's a there's a, another world that might exist where. Um,
3: simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the the quite always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp, who was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He and He's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over 15 years, I guess. He would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He worked with... So you, you're very fortunate i think you you, re, you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and uh, a great coach as we had in ron greenwood and of course uh, a great manager in South Ramsey. so to come across people like that of that caliber can have a huge influence on your your career of course and, and then your life and that's that's quite purely the case
2: absolutely and in those early days um at
3: they've gone fairly well and we're going to do a series of uh, theatre shows in fact starting this week over the next uh, two, three months and uh, at the end of the theatre shows we have about 20 minutes where we uh, uh, allow the people in the audience to ask questions and the, the, there's I won't mention both they're too long to talk about both questions um, one the other ones a really stupid one it's too long for me to tell you it's absolutely ridiculous okay. but the, the the other ridiculous question I get asked
2: uh, well, you want me telling tell you true. if you want.
3: you want. You got time? I can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff,
2: go on, go. On. I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh,
3: doing a, a at a dinner in in the Channel Islands, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, uh, guest of honour. On this occasion, I was speaking for about twenty minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was few football questions, and then all of a sudden, I had a somebody at the back who I think they uh longer yeah. Well the the answer is straightforward the answer is yes. Um That's a good
2: they,
3: answer. <laughs> the straightforward answer is yes. I can elaborate as much as you want, but the straight answer is absolutely categorically yes. Uh,
2: yeah. and with um I, I know uh if we could talk about this probably for the next hour or so, but um I'm conscious of the um time. Um looking um back
3: But without the attitude alongside that, going back to an earlier question, you wouldn't have been as ultimately, ultimately as successful.
2: Exactly. Without that, you could, the, the, the whole will never be greater than the sum of its parts, but with it. Yes, the word, the, word is
3: the, word is t- the word is team. Absolutely. And I always use the word team when I talk sometimes. You know, together, everyone achieves more. And that that's the same in any walk of life. That, that's fundamental.
2: And uh, lastly, uh,